it's kind of the reverse of a partnership or a REIT where you're raising the money to go buy the property. Right. The DSP, we already own the property and we're paying ourselves back. We're backfilling the capital into the property. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to work listeners. Today, we have the pleasure to talk to my good friend, Ray DeWitt. Ray, how are you? Ray, did I say your name last name correctly? I almost forget. DeWitt. DeWitt. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, thank you again for being on the show, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Ray, where are you located? I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm actually going to be there next week for the BEC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the best ever conference. Are you there? Yeah, I'll be sponsoring a booth. Oh, perfect. I'll stop by. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'll always be yeah. awesome. So, Ray, thank you again for taking the time. I know you're a busy person, so we'll jump right into it. So, you know, the name of our show is Migrate to Wealth. As I keep reminding our listeners, the most important piece is migrate, not really wealth. Wealth is going to come if the migration is intentional, right? So with that context, help us understand what your migration journey has been to kind of like what got you into doing what you do. My migration journey? Yeah. Meaning how I got to where I am, why I Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I've been in the financial services industry now for 25 years. Um, you know, I've got all those different securities, insurance, real estate licenses, lots of continuing education every year. I, my background was, you know, your traditional financial planner peddling mutual funds and annuities to people. And kind of had an epiphany about 10 years ago that all my biggest, wealthiest clients, all their money was either in their business or in real estate. Mm-hmm. They weren't buying mutual funds or stock portfolios and making millions off of that, you know. And I learned about this whole world of securitized real estate, syndicated real estate. And the light bulb kind of went on. And I thought, wow, you know, this makes a lot more sense. And I left my uh, position at a bank. It was very successful. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the top, there's one of the largest banks in the country. And I, got sick of the bank. I'd left and started my own kind of little firm. And I think I kind of had a midlife crisis where, and why would somebody work with me versus Chase or Wells or, or, or Ryan, just this guy. But I learned about these, started learning about these real estate products. And one day a guy from England brought donuts into my office to talk to me about the Delaware statutory trust hmm. in 1031. Wait, where, no where were you at that point, Ray? Did you already leave the bank or you were still with the bank? I left. Uh, I quit the bank. Okay. And where is this guy from England? Did you know him? Like, why did he come to your office? Inland is a very, very. Inland is actually the fifth largest real estate company in the country. They're privately held, Got and it. they actually, they actually invented the Delaware Statutory Trust. And they're oh, the wow. large okay. manufacturer and sponsor of them. And so one of their sales reps dropped in on me to talk to me about it. I didn't even know what a ten thirty one change was. Right. And I. Didn't know what to think of the product. And the next night at uh, a party, I met some guy talking about how he wanted to sell his real estate, but he Mm -hmm. didn't want to pay taxes. And the only way to do it was with a 1031 exchange, but he didn't want to own more property. So he's kind of stuck. And I went, oh, my gosh, I just learned about this product yesterday called the Delaware Statutory Trust. Mm -hmm. So I called uh, uh, Brian at Inland back and said, tell me more. 
And I literally just had this almost overnight epiphany. I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to right here in a little Salt Lake City. I'm going to kick ass at this and be one of the leaders in the country. And this is what I'm going to do. And I started learning about, you know, 10 3 exchange ins and outs and more about the real estate process. And here I am in 2023, literally one of the uh, perennial top 10 producer, the leading firm in the nation for Delaware Secretary Trust Sales. And Good I for you, man. Good, yeah, congratulations. I, I, I said congratulations for your success. Yeah, thank I, You know, I love that. I'm not just trying to sell financial products to people. I'm actually helping them solve tax problems. You know, yeah, I, so, so let's dig deeper into that, right? We have had different conversations about 1031 before. But let me just kind of set the stage what 1031s are, and then we'll transition to what DST is, Delaware Statutory Trust, right? So 1031, for those of you who don't understand, is really a tax code where you can take an investment real estate and exchange it for another real investment real estate. It has to be investment. And in that transaction, whatever capital gains you had in the first transaction, you can roll those capital gains in the second transaction and really defer your taxes. So you're basically using the amount of money you would have paid for taxes to basically put back into the investments and for it to continue growing. Just like a 401k or an IRA, that's exactly what you do. You're not paying taxes today. You're basically letting your money grow tax-free. And then at the end of it, when you take it out, you're, you're going to have to pay taxes. Same thing in there. Now, there are other ways to kind of eventually figure out a mechanism. You may not, you may be able to avoid taxes, but chances are you'll have to be dead for that. So we want this that here for now. So that's really what 1031 is, right? It's called like exchange property. So you're exchanging one investment real estate for another investment real estate to defer the taxes. So Ray, you had mentioned that you were trying to learn about 1031s and then the Deferred Delaware Statutory Trust came your way. Help us connect the dots, the two, the two different terms. How do you combine the two together? Yeah, yeah. So clarify, you know, we'll call it a DST for short. Sometimes people get confused. I just want to clarify this. There's another DST out there called the Deferred Sales Trust, and that is a very different animal. So the Delaware Statutory Trust, DST, is the only syndication eligible for a 1031 exchange. The IRS has formally blessed it as eligible. And literally what it is, is it looks like a, a partnership or real estate investment trust from 10,000 feet in the air, but there's some very distinct differences. The reason people love the DST is you're tired of the tenants, the toilets, and the right, the terrible yeah. teas. Don't want to fix crap anymore. You don't, you're sick of the phone calls, the leaky faucets, the air conditioning going out. You know, so what the TST does helps you take the terrible teas and turn it into what I call the wonderful teas. And that, that's the tea time, tequila, and travel. Love um, those. Love those. <laughs> and, you know, gets rid of your, your landlording headaches. And, uh, you know, often people, they want to cash in the property, they want to sell it, but they, you know, they're going to pay a million dollars in taxes. And like, Man, that really sucks. It also hurts your earning power on your potential cash flow and everything. So enter the DST is you sell your property, you put your cash at your intermediary, just like you would with any other 1031 exchange, and then the money goes into a DST or a bunch of different DSTs. It's very easy to diversify, and you're 100% passive. You start getting deposits right. every single month starting immediately. 
uh, hands off and it's typically all very high end, new and boring class A real estate. It's very safe money. We're talking Amazon and industrial buildings, brand new multifamily apartment complexes, class A and desirable neighborhoods. Yeah. Every asset class, storage, student housing, industrial, medical, every asset class, just like any other real estate. And $100,000 minimum mm-hmm. investment, so fairly low minimum. I, I do have to mention, you do have to be an accredited investor to mm-hmm. qualify to invest. And if, and if you don't know, yeah. accredited investors is a million-dollar net worth. Um, Outside of your primary residence. Yeah, and that's a, an SEC or a FINRA requirement. So very easy. Let's say you just own the fourplex. You want to sell it. You sold it for a million dollars. Hypothetically, you could invest into 10 different DSTs. So you could be in all sorts of types of assets all over the country. And the cool thing about the DST, where it's different than a REIT or some partnerships, is you know exactly what you're investing in. So mm-hmm. every DST is tied to a set address or sometimes addresses if it's multiple properties. But as an investor, you know exactly what you're investing in. If there's financing on the property, you know exactly the financing terms, which I'll segue what's another superpower, so to speak, of the DST is the ability to replace debt. So oftentimes as institutional professional investors, you know, we we use debt, you know, 40 to 50% low of the value by these properties. DSTs are using all the same strategies you would use when you're buying property, but the debt, to you as an investor, it's not recourse. It's not in your name. You don't have to do a loan app. It's just you buy in to share units of the trust. You're getting the encumbered real estate along with the equity. And what's really cool is the IRS says that counts. So if you sold your property for $2 million, you had a million dollar mortgage, right? And it's in 31, you've got to buy 2 million real estate, right? Correct. But you only have a million dollars to do it. So how do you do it? You go get a loan on the next property. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pain in the butt for, especially if you're tired of the toilets, tenants, and trash, you're certainly tired of mortgages and stuff, yeah. right? So by buying into, in my example, the two million and one million, let's say you buy into a 50% loan to value DST, mm-hmm. you put your million in, you're getting two million in real estate. And the IRS says, you're done. 1031, you're good to go. Got it. Um, so it's, it's fantastic. It can allow you to get new depreciation. Sometimes you can't get financing or do you want to get investment financing right now? Seven and a half percent. I sure don't. Yeah. Um, DSC solves a lot of problems. It, it's also great for boot in a transaction. You know, you sold your million dollar property. You found something for 800 grand that you love. What do you do with 200 grand? You pay taxes on it. Yeah. Or put it into the DST. Got it. They also make great backup plans. If you think your deal may fall through, name some Delaware statutory trusts as backup plans because these are deals that are already in place and you're literally just investing into a funded. Yeah. It's the appraisal's done, the environmental, the inspection, right? The lane, everything's in place and you're just buying. Actually, I'm, I'm going to slow you down a little bit there. I think you're going at an amazing speed for folks who understand it all. So I'm going to dumb it down. But that's okay. And you correct me if I'm saying something incorrect, right? So. What happens at 1031? Because that's a premise. We make sure that the premise is very well understood. So premises, we were talking about what is 1031. A 1031 exchange is you're exchanging your capital gain on one real investment real estate and you're rolling it into another investment real estate. Now you can do it multiple different ways. So one way is you go find your own deal. Right? That's one way. The second is you find a syndication which is essentially somebody else is a sponsor and they're taking the headache of tenant toilets and termites. 
and then you're investing alongside of them. Okay, that's perfect. So these are two ways. But there's third ways. There are other ways too, but those are two that we're going to be focusing on today. So now the second way gets bifurcated. If it's possible for me, we've already isolated the problem that you actually hated running the property by yourself, right? Because otherwise you can always go that direction. The second is the one we were really going to talk about because that's where the DST, the one that Ray specializes in, Delaware Statutory Trust, is what we're going to talk about. So if you're going to put the money into syndication, why do you need a DST, right? So let's think through that for a second. The money you need, if you want to roll your money, a 1031 money into a syndication and you want to do it yourself, the way to do that is your company or your individual name has to be on the title for the next property you own, right? That's the way to do a 1031 exchange. If you don't hold the title in the new company, the IRS will not allow consider that as a 1031 and the taxes will be due. So most of the syndications require two to three to five million dollars of minimum investment in a 1031 to basically bring you in as a 1031 person. Most of us may not have that kind of capital gains. So then what do you do? So in that case, that is the market. Now, even for two to five million dollars, even that the DST is definitely suitable for. But what Ray was just told you, if you sold a single family portfolio of single, you have one single family rental and you sold it and you basically basically have a capital gain of 100K. You cannot take that usually. Typically, a syndicator will not accept that money and give you a 1031, a won't honor a 1031 because it's too much work to put your name on the title. But a DST that Ray specializes in, that is a vehicle. You can put that 100K into a syndication because that's exactly what Ray's raise the front end to the DST is a front end to a bunch of syndications where he has pre-selected for you a menu of options, not just one. You go in, you're like, I like this, I like this, I like that. I want my 100K to go into this, this, and that. Ray, did I say it correctly or did I mischaracterize anything? I'm sorry, repeat the question. Did I say it correctly or I said something incorrectly? No, it was good. All right, perfect, perfect. I like when I said it correctly. So now what we're talking about is, right, so what we're saying is it's really a passive investment vehicle for you to collect mailbox money on. And when I'm coming to you for a DST, for 100K, what does that process look like? Do you show me, is it there one DST bucket? And if that bucket has five properties underneath of it, and when I'm coming into that bucket, I'm investing in all five? Or you have multiple DSTs, DST1, DST2, DST3, DST3, and then I'm coming in to, I have a choice of picking either bucket. Help us understand what that process looks like. Right, so every, uh, let's just assume, majority of DSTs are one property. So every DST is its own entity. Ah, it's, got okay. its, own got it. it's got its own, some of them are multiple properties. There's some stuff out there, but most of it, it's like I said, you know the addresses. You're investing in Main Street luxury apartments, right? Sure. That, sure. I don't know. So we call the Main Street Luxury Apartment DST, and you're investing in that property. That DST, we're raising fifty million or a hundred million dollars. And once we raise that money, that DST is closed. There's no new investors. Oh, okay. in the property. So you're not so collecting this, pool of money. It's kind of the reverse of a partnership or a REIT, where you're raising the money to go buy the property. Right. The DST, we already own the property, and we're paying ourselves back. We're backfilling the capital into the property, if that makes sense. 
So this is stabilized, it's leased out, it's rented out, it's up and running, being managed, and you're just investing and hopping right in and off we go, raising rent, operating property, doing everything you can with can to make money, right? So what the process is like is I, I obviously, you know, what do you need? Do you have a debt replacement need? We figure that out. Um, so I show you the DSTs that have leverage instead of the ones that don't. I literally kind of show you a menu at a restaurant, say, hey, there's yeah. 40, literally, right now, I think I have 40 offerings available, 40 different individual DSTs that you could choose from. I do not work for any of those companies. I do not manufacture any of these. I'm purely a, a broker. I'm a fiduciary. My fiduciary responsibility is to help educate you as an investor and sure. do the right thing. And I'm literally going to just show you a list of the properties we've approved and say, hey, you know, here's this great apartment in Florida. They say, I don't want to invest in Florida for whatever reason. Okay, great. We'll never talk about Florida. Again. Yeah. Let's look at Texas or Arizona. Or do you want industrial? Do you want storage? Do you know, what, what kind of property yeah. do you want? I, of course, will help you. I've, I've got my favorites, my opinions. But my uh, broker dealer, which is a Concord Investment Services out of Detroit, and we specialize in this in the DSTs as a firm. And we actually have our own due diligence department that literally researches all these sponsors. We vet them to make sure they return capital. Can the principals pass a background check? We look at everything about these companies. Before we bring them on, we make them get an independent a due diligence report. We make them get an independent letter from an attorney stating that this actually is structured as a DST because it's got to be very specific mm -hmm. language or the IRS is going to avoid it and everybody's going to not want that, right? So we do a lot of research before they even make these companies make it to our menu. So we don't work with every DST on the market. Sure. Two reasons. The most common reasons we wouldn't work with somebody is we don't think they're good or maybe they're just too new. You know, go practice on someone else before you invest with yeah. our client. We do everything we can to protect the customer. At the end of the day, I want you to sleep at night. So, you know, we're going to make this as educational and easy as possible to do. And it's really simple. We do all the paperwork, everything digital nowadays, everything's DocuSign. We then reach out to your intermediary, accommodate the wire, and then boom. If you were to invest, I don't know, it's the 27th. So, Invest today, you could get you know one day of rent on your Ooh. March check, and then in April you would get the full March payment. Right, Got so it, it starts out quickly. It. Yeah. So, so you um, Ray, what are I could be wrong, so I'm I'm gonna say something, and if I'm wrong, correct me. I consider DST as you have an agreement with the syndicator of saying we're putting this DST vehicle together or an entity together, and that entity is gonna bring a certain amount of money into the deal. And because of that, they would bring you in as a 1031, right? So if you're doing that, is there a risk that you may not be able to raise the capital that you had committed with a syndicator? So if I'm, uh, is there any risk of that happening so that when I roll my money into your DST, what are the guarantees that DST is actually going to close? So the deal's already it done. Okay. So you, I go and I buy the property. I buy this, I don't know, an Amazon distribution warehouse. Okay. Sure. I go out and I'm leasing it to Amazon okay. and I take that trust and I take that and then I have it owned by the Delaware Statutory Trust that was created just for that property. Got it. So I've already bought it either with my own capital. Oftentimes I'll use a bridge loan to buy the property. 
And then as they raise the capital, I either pay myself back or I pay off that bridge loan, depending Got on it. how properties are purchased. So the property is pretty much purchased. And, our, and part of our due diligence is, do they actually, does the DSA yeah. actually own this property? Yeah. You know, we do a little bit of a title search kind of, you know, is this mm -hmm. a real deal, right? So it's in place. That's the great thing about it is, unlike trying to buy a real property where sometimes weird things happen with either the finance, either the environmental, or, or who knows, you know, sometimes things just don't go through on yeah. sales. I think anyone who's ever tried to buy real estate can tell you the DST has done all that crap's been taken care of. So as an investor, you just, boom, you're in. You walk away. It's really that simplified yeah. for the investor. It takes, you know, there's a lot of work. On the front end for the DST company putting the deal together, and then once it's together, it's a Got it. totally iron forget for an investor. And Ray, how is your company or you getting compensated in this structure? Right, kind of like who is paying you? Is the if I'm rolling money into 1031, is it coming from there? Is it coming from asset management fee? Is it coming from how are you getting paid in this transaction? So, yeah, great question. Um, next one, please. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> We, I get paid a commission. So all the commissions, all the reserves, the taxes, escrow, closing costs, everything built kind of baked in to the DST. So I'm, yeah, they're there. I'm getting a commission. Um, so for example, when we go back to this Amazon building, I, I bought it for a hundred million dollars. Okay. When I put it in the DST, I'm syndicated at 110 million just to make the numbers easy. That's okay. So that extra 10 million is covering all those costs, you know, my commission, tax reserves, reserves for the property maintenance, you know, whatever closing costs, marketing expenses, it's all, it's all there. Yeah. But so if you invest a million dollars into a DSC, you're literally buying a million dollars worth of units. So a hundred million dollars, your million, you literally just bought 1% of the property. Sure. You are entitled to 1% of all proceeds. So if I tell you, you're going to get a 5% cash flow and you put it a million, you're going to actually see $50,000. And on the back end, when they sell the properties, they don't get their disposition fee if they don't return that minimum million dollars sure. back to you. The costs are really baked into the deal. They're there. You're not going to see all these commissions on. So you're, you're seeing it's basically like a syndication, right? So instead of going to the syndicator directly, the for 1031 purposes, they're coming to you, correct? Yep. And that leads me to speaking of, I brought up reserves and maintenance. Like I said, these are typical newer properties, like oftentimes built within the last couple of years. Sure. So there's not deferred maintenance. There's no capital calls allowed. Yeah. We can't substantially improve the property. We can't call everybody and say we need 20 grand for a pool. Right. You know, the money's, the deal's done. The deal is set in stone. Even the financing set in stone. You can't do a cash out refi. You can't even refi the debt barring financial catastrophe. There's right. like a, a protector to protect the investors barring some weird event like COVID. So it's all set in stone. So if they sell the property, they have to return the capital back to you. The, the trust dissolves. They can't go buy something different. Um, it breaks all the rules of the DST. The IRS has set all these stringent rules up and we have to follow those rules for it to work. And in my opinion, this is the most transparent syndicated investment vehicle. Yeah. You got the SEC regulated and you got the IRS regulated. Both right. of those scared the hell out of me. <laughs> you know. 
So it's a great program. They typically will sell the property. Since they can't refinance the debt, the most commercial debt's got a 10-year balloon. They're selling it before 10 years. At five to seven is the average hold. So wait, what, happen, what happens in the event they sell it? So let's say, you know, I got a million dollar into deal. That was my capital gain from 1031. I rolled into a DST and that a million dollar now became two million dollar. Hopefully more than that, but let's just keep the math simple. So now I have two million dollars of capital gain, one from the previous and one from the new deal. What happens when the DST is closed? Okay, so the DST company is going to notify you well before the sale. Hey, we're selling. Here's the expected close date. What do you want to do with the money? Do you want us to send you a check or do you want us to do another 1031 exchange? Who's your intermediary? Got it. You, a lot of people, once they go in the DSTs, they kind of tend to like Keep it. rolling it in. Yeah. Drop, as we say, right? Right. Um, but you don't have to. You could take that money and go buy a car wash, right? Sure. You could buy a fourplex. You can do whatever you want in another 1031. You're not stuck in a DST forever. Got um, it. And with me investing in a DST, are there any other fees that I'm paying? Any other what? Any other additional fees that I'm paying to you or your company beyond just investing the no. money with you? No. Uh, in the DST, so the distributions are obviously net of, you know, there's a cost to manage the property. Yeah. But I will tell you this is 99.9% of the time, the managed property manager fees in a DST are all a lot less than what you're paying. They're paying 3% of the rent, you know, mm-hmm. the typical property managers are paying 8 to 10% of the rent. Because yeah. um, we have, you know, we're dealing with large billion-dollar national-based real estate companies. Correct. This is not, you know, you and I putting together a fourplex somewhere. You know, yeah. this is pretty legitimate, big-time institutional uh, quality real estate. From a tax standpoint, very tax-friendly. There's no K-1s. You, mm-hmm. um, the, the, actually, the technical term is called a grantor letter, but it's really more like a consolidated operating statement. So they will send you the statement. One half of it shows the overall deal the overall property and then they break out well you own 2.5 percent of the property so your share and minus the expenses here's your deductible stuff it's an operating statement and you file it on your schedule e and cpas love it because they just get it and you're not figuring out your receipts for your maintenance right it's just here it is file my taxes and oftentimes the income as we know investing in real estate you get a lot of tax advantage income the DSC does all the same stuff. Some of them do cost segregation analysis that will pass through to you in the way of tax-free income for several years. Or, okay. you know, depreciate everything you would try to do to write off your real estate investments. Yeah. The DSC yeah. is doing that and passing it through to you. So let me ask one question to you, Dwayne. So let's say we have a scenario where we have a syndicator. We'll call us Syndicator X, right? That Syndicator X... I have an option to take my $2 million, we'll take that as a number again, $2 million and going directly to Syndicator X to do a 1031. And this syndicator is okay investing, uh, using that money. Or I have an option to going through you from a DST to come to, you, uh, come to them with a 1031. What are the advantages of me going through you or disadvantages going through you versus going directly to that person? Is there a change in the distributions? Is there a change in the fees? What am I losing out on one pause versus another? Why would you go around me, basically? Why Pretty not? Much. Why not? Typically, you'd be surprised at how many referrals I get from the DSC sponsors of people trying to do it themselves. They mm. kind of make work with a financial intermediary. There are some firms out there that market direct to the public. 
via online marketing. I'm not going to name names, but we refuse to do business with any of them, and it's because we've researched and vetted them. So I, I, it's not true of every firm, obviously, but um, if you're not working with someone like me and you're going direct to the company, who's providing research? How do you know their deal right. is real? You have to do all your own research. Are they all, Are they showing you other deals? No, they're showing you their one deal. One. I've got a little. So you actually won't really, if you were, I mentioned Inland earlier, you call Inland directly, they're going to turn around and kick you back to me. Huh. Say, hey, we'll talk to you all about our deal. We'll talk to you. Here's all the info you want. But if you actually want to do the paperwork, you got to call Ray. Got it. I think my question was different. My question was also about if the syndicator, if I'm a limited partner in that syndication, let's say I'm getting a 5% cash on cash. If I'm going through you, am I still getting the same cash on cash? Or there is a dip in the cash and cash? Not the same. It's the same. Perfect. Yeah. You're basically, what you're saying is, as an investor, for me, it doesn't matter if I went to the syndicator directly or through you. The only advantage here, the biggest advantage here is you have done the due diligence. I have now a superpower of someone like a Ray and his broker dealer to make sure they have vetted the deal. And I'm not paying any extra. Everything is coming off of the, the syndicator is paying for that. So we're not paying you. And that was going to be part of the closing cost to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense to work with uh, someone like myself. Of course. Because I, I know what's going on with the deals. I've got the connections. I'm going to show yeah. you deals you don't know exist unless you wanted to just sit there all weekend Googling everything and researching. No, I know what you mean, man. It's a very closed world, yet very open yeah. world. Unless yeah. you get yeah. in there, it's not open. right? That's how I look at the world of these investment private placements, that you have to yeah. know how to get in. I hire a guy to mow my lawn. I didn't research the best lawnmower. You know. There you go, man. You don't need to. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's mowing the lawn. <laughs> All right, um, perfect. Now, I think that makes sense. That makes sense. So, if somebody were to do the DST, what are the steps they need to do? They need to contact you. What are the steps? Walk us through. Yeah. So, first and foremost, you know, if you're considering selling and you want to learn more about the DST, obviously call me. My phone number eight zero one eight one five six six one nine. You're a brave soul. There you go. Little plug there. Yeah, call me. I'm happy to educate you. It's not a sales pitch. It's an education event. And then I try to educate you on the pros and cons of the product. And, you know, it's deciding, first of all, that you want to go this route. So maybe you haven't listed your property, but you're considering it. And I help commercial brokers get listings all the time because they've got this guy. He's 74 years old and he won't sell because he doesn't want to pay taxes, but he sure hates it. That he sure wants to sell and they bring me in and I show him the DST, he lists the property. They get the listing. I work with brokers all the time. In fact, I'm actually Howard in a commercial brokerage real estate office is where mm. I work every day. Yeah. So the process, yep, you know, contact me. If you're in an exchange now, great. It's really important that you, st- it works just like a regular exchange. You still have to let your buyer know you're doing an exchange through the real, proper real estate addendum. You still have to put your money with a qualified intermediary or 1031 accommodator. If you don't know one, I'm happy to refer you to one, but oftentimes your title company will do it or they have someone they use. It's a very specific type of a title role, right? They're literally holding your money and making right. sure you do identification, right? You got 45 days, then another 135 after that mm-hmm. closed. You don't have that problem with the DSC. They're going to close. I literally have had people walk into my office at 9 a.m. and be funded by three in the afternoon. Awesome. It's that easy with the DSC. Yeah. 
So just, just call me. You know, I've got a website that we post uh, executive summaries on our website for people all the time. You can go check it out. We do weekly webinars. We do seminars all over the country. My, my partners actually wrote a book called Are You Tired of Toilets, Tennis, and Trash? So I, I'm your guy. I am, I'm the man. DST Ray, you know. DST uh, Ray. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, Ray is spelled DST. So, <laughs> um, not R-A-Y, DST. That probably helped Chad introduce me to you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Ray. I would love that now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, contact me. I, you know, I don't know if you, we put up my contact info on the screen. We will, we will. Yeah, I think we will, we will include the information in the show notes. So anyone who wants to get in touch with you for DST, and I, I want to say that again, it's not Deferred Sales Trust because yeah. we have an episode on that upcoming as well. I want to make sure they're both DSTs, but they're different DSTs. They intended yeah. it. It's a completely different structure. And one yeah. is not better than the other. It's, the purpose is very different. So you want to understand both and let both Ray and Brett talk to you about what would work better for your specific scenario. Because Ray's DST will not even work if you have crypto. You can't do a 1031 on a crypto. So that's not for Ray. That's for somebody yeah. else. Yeah, and anywhere in the country, anywhere in the 50 United States. I literally have clients in 25 states. My goal is to get clients in all 50. I know it'll happen or later. So it doesn't matter where you're located. You know, we're doing Zoom right now. Yeah. The same thing. So Awesome. Right. Thank you for that, Ray. We are coming towards the end of the show here. So I do want to ask you two questions that we always ask, right? So... In your journey, you have an exciting journey, right? You were in the dark side of Wall Street, and now you're on the bright side of real estate. So how does that, when you reflect back, let's say this way, what would you tell to your 20-year-old self to make their life journey more intentional? Repeat that last sentence. What would you tell your 20-year-old self to make their journey in life more intentional of what they want to do? Like, If you were to reflect back, of course, you had a very interesting career and a successful one. But what are some of the key, maybe one or two insights that you would share with your 20 year old self? Well, uh, going through that now, I got my youngest son's 20. I go to University of Houston, go Cougs. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to say, hey, you get the real estate sales, start your own business, don't go work for somebody. He just got offered. He's just started actually last Tuesday at Fidelity customer service to get a series seven and do all that stuff. I just mm-hmm. said, it's great. Finish your degree. But don't get stuck at fidelity. Yeah. Um, having a series seven is great. It also handcuffs you in a lot of ways, but use it to get into real estate. I just, I think money is real estate, real estate. The most money I've ever made in my life is off of real estate. Off of real estate. Yeah. Off of real estate. You know, do real awesome. estate. Every- awesome. What would be one, thing that you think that humanity to, should migrate towards? What's lacking in humanity right now? What's the one thing I should migrate to? Humanity, the world as a whole, should migrate towards. I, I still can't. I, so what's one thing that world as a whole should migrate towards? You know, What's missing in the world? Kindness, love, connection, whatever the traits that you see missing in general with a lot of people right now? Something that I'm missing? Not you. The world is missing. Oh, treating people, you want to be treated. Yeah. Be honest, take care of each other, give a damn, I guess you can say. 
I think give a damn is on that big note, we'll definitely call it quits here because give a damn is the key important thing because if you don't give a damn, life's not worth living. Right. Thank you again for this, man. Uh, we would include your contact information in the show notes. I appreciate your time and thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, sir. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.